Pulp MX Network production. You cast me What's up, guys? It's Alex Gray, and you're listening to the Pulp MX Wrap-Up Show. That's all we need is more fake news, Pulp MX bullshit. It's quality, not quantity, all right, man? What's up, everybody? Dark Side from the Moto X Pod Show. Back with another episode of the Pulp MX Wrap-Up Show this week for episode number 406. Daniel Blair, Jacob Hayes in studio. A um, few things to talk about tonight once we get going. Um, definitely going to touch on the damn voicemails uh, that you guys heard uh, with the the opinions of myself in the show. I've got some things to say. I've got my own little rant that uh, I did not express properly when I called back in Monday night. I'm uh, I'm a little fucking pissed off, to be honest. So I've got my opinions. I want to say some stuff. I'm going to get that out after a bit. Um, but this was a really fun episode. Justin Brayton calls in, or they call Justin Brayton, obviously. Budman, Weston Pike, all guests on the show. Daniel Blair is always great to have in studio. Jacob Hayes, fun to listen to his opinions, his thoughts, whether he agreed or disagreed with Daniel or Steve. That was That was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed it. As I always do, I love the Pope Mech show, so the uh, ball hugger, whatever. Um, I do want to thank, of course, all the sponsors, as always, BTO Sports, Fly Racing, Vertex Pistons, Vortex Racing, Racetech Suspension and Engines, Michelin, Starcross Fives, Maximum Oil, X-Brand Goggles, Pro Filter, Works Connection, Atlas Brace, FMF Racing, W Wheels, Roost Graphics, Guts Racing, Get Data, Firepower Batteries and Chains, EVS Sports, Eagle Grit Hand Cleaner, MotorcycleIndustryJobs.com, LAHondaWorld.com, OGO Bags, Ride Engineering. As always, go to PulpMXShow.com, click on the sponsor links, use the sponsor codes, discount codes, get yourself some great products, support the people that support PulpMX. So anyway, yeah, this is a really uh, a fun episode as I always, you know, always, right? Who doesn't, if you listen to the PulpMX Show, you, you listen for a reason, right? You like it. I like it. Um... Unfortunately, it does sound like as of right now, we've probably got about three episodes of this wrap-up show left. So if you are someone that enjoys it and listens to it, man, it's, it's a bummer. It's going away probably uh, if, if we don't get a sponsor to pick it up. That's just the way it goes though, right? They can't keep these things going for free. They take time. Uh, they take equipment. It is what it is. So yeah, we'll see what happens. You know, Maybe something to come through in the next few weeks. But it, it, if not, then the Popamex wrap-up show is going away. No more Hello Pookie. Um, and, and I'm disappointed. I really, really have enjoyed doing this. I know they aren't always fantastic. They definitely are not going to be as good as the Pulp MX show. That's just, it's just not going to happen. I mean, it's hard to right? You can't beat that. It's hard to do. Um, it, you know, I, I, I think we've had a good time doing it. The, the guys that have come on have enjoyed doing it. Um, I get a ton of positive feedback for this thing. So I appreciate all that. Um, you know, the haters just, they love to hate, but we're going to get into that once we get to the to my rant towards the end of the show. But let's get to our guests. If you're looking for a high-performance seat cover and foam, Guts Racing is the one for you. Andy Gregg and Guts Racing has been providing seats for many of the top riders and best teams in the business, so visit GutsRacing.com today. Guts Re- Racing brings us Mr. Matt Servog. What's up, Matt? I said it wrong. Oh, that's all good. Everybody broaches it, so <laughs> what's another one? Well, uh, just so anybody that's listening knows, everybody calls you Vodge. You are uh, your buddies with Chris Kiefer. You were in studio 
the Monday after Vet Nationals. Um, how was that for you? How was it sitting in studio? No, it, it was good, man, and it made it even better. It was such a damn good episode yes. that not only was I there, I got to go listen to it on my way to work the next day, so it, it was good. Yeah, that I, I said on that week's wrap-up show that may be my favorite show ever. Um, it was just a lot of fun. You could tell it was just a bunch of buddies hanging out and and talking moto and joking and busting balls, and that that's really what the Pulp MX show is, but that was a special episode. Oh, yeah. That's, I mean, not only that's pulp, that's just in general when you're at the track with your buddies. Any day at the track racing, that's kind of what goes down. And we know it, but not a lot of time does it really actually get out on air on what happens. You know, just talking yeah. shit with your buddies. Absolutely. All right. My other guest brought to you by WSA, providing the best quality wheels in the business, period. No exceptions. Whether you race professional supercross or just a weekend warrior like ourselves, W has what you need, and they can even rebuild your old busted-ass wheels. So visit WSA.com and let John and Kristen Anderson take care of you. WSA brings us DJ TJ. What's up, TJ Smith? What's up, bro? Hey, you know, that's actually a really good person to bring me in because I just sent a hub off to W to get old busted wheels yeah. laced up with some new you know, a new rim and some spokes. So hell yeah. I mean, just sent the stuff. I'm nobody special. I don't get any kind of special deal. I just know good quality products. So yeah, John's John's fantastic. All right. So, uh, TJ, you've been on the show before, but Vodge, this is your first time. Um, give me a little bit of your background with Pulp MX. Obviously your buddies with Kiefer. Um, but I, I would assume you've listened to Pulp before Kiefer was on, or I don't know. What's your history? Yeah, I'm, uh, Buddies with Kiefer. I'm actually his personal mechanic. I work on all his bikes, all the test bikes, all that good stuff. And yeah, I've been listening to Pulp for probably three years now and okay. religiously listen to it every single week. And uh, uh, I know Steve a little bit. I've ridden with him when he comes out and rides those beautiful turn tracks that he <laughs> loves so much. Yes. So. Yes. You know, the re- the reality is. With Steve, you're very rarely going to hear him say, like, like Kiefer busts on him, hey, man, that was so much fun. You know, it's just, that's not in Steve's personality. No, it's not at all. Like, you know, you go on that whole, uh, that RPM, that power chart, and it's, uh, it's pretty <laughs> damn flat. Yeah, yeah, true. All right, well, let's get into episode 406. Uh, as I said in the intro, Daniel Blair, Jacob Hayes in studio. Um, I always like to start off, give me a grade, uh, A, B, C, D, Vodge. What do you think of the episode? Uh, I mean, I feel like every episode is pretty good, but I'd say it was B, you know, just all the content, but there wasn't really any flash to it. I think, you know, the, when Kiefer called in, it was kind of, kind of spiked up and yeah. had some, a uh, little bit of funniness, a little, you know, enthusiasm in it, but, uh, you know, it's always good content, but I'd say it was a B cause it never really you know, had a whole lot of excitement. Right. And then TJ, you were telling me out off I, air, we were out in the shop working and you said this was not one of your favorite episodes. Not at all. It, actually, besides Jacob being in studio, because I like listening to him talk mm-hmm. and I'm paying a lot of attention to some of the young Supercross guys this year. And um, other than that, the show was, and then like you getting busted on, other than those two <laughs> things, like seriously, it was like, Fuck you, TJ. I think I would have probably had I not coming into the show this time. I don't know if I'd have made it all the way through. Okay. Um, Hey. And and maybe it's because the last episode I listened to was so good. Right. And then this one was just normal. A little flat. Yeah. So. Okay. 
Well, typically, you know, I, I try to stick to a somewhat of a format on this. Steve sometimes says he doesn't like um, us giving our opinions so much on this show, which I don't understand. But since there's probably only three of these left, we're going to probably get your guys' opinions on some of these topics a little more and just maybe have some free thinking. But um, I do want to touch on, obviously, Steve just got back from the Geneva Supercross, had a lot to say about that, including his obvious support for Marty Davalos, who, you know, Steve says That's the greatest thing. he supported forever. Um, but uh, what do you guys think? I'm going to start with you, Vaj. What do you think about these off-season races? Um as far as what they do for the riders, and, and then the we don't get to see them on TV all the time, but just the coverage that Steve and Pulp pre- uh, presents with these off-season races. I think they're awesome, and it's cool to see guys that maybe typically wouldn't be the front runners here all the time. Yeah, get to go over there and see some success, and it's cool when Steve comes back and and hypes it up and gets you all excited, but then you're like. I don't get to watch it. Like, I want to be able to watch it, or even if it was a little bit later, and that's one of the things that sucks, but it's cool to get a gist of what's going on over there with these races, you know, through through him and the podcast and everything. Yeah, I agree. TJ, you know, obviously we don't get to go to these races. You don't have a Twitter, but you can follow Steps yeah. on Twitter. And, and, some, and they're on, some, like I said, some of them are televised on online or whatever. But hearing the firsthand experiences, uh, hearing Steve – going and hanging out with all these riders and the, the fact that they're very laid back. That's one of the things I like the best about these races. Um, and there was comments made about that later on, but what, what do you think? Um, I think it's obviously cool them going over there and getting to talk to the guys. Steve get, is able to give us a little more, like you say, insight because everybody's going to hate him and come a one. Yeah. So. That was something that was said. Like I, I, I had it in my notes where he's like, you know, all you guys are going to hate each other come a one. I think that was, he was talking to Brayton at the time. He's like, you guys are going to hate each other, but you know, Brayton's hanging out with Barsha and, and yeah. Marty and Mookie. And, you, and I, I, I wish all it, the races could be like that. What put it into context for me was when he said that Barsha walked over and just sat down on the ground. And we've all yeah. done that. We've all yes. been at the track. Yes. We've all been sitting around with our buddies and you run across somebody, you know, and you walk over and there's not a chair open and you just plop down there in the dirt and talk to your buddies. And so right. that was actually kind of put it into, I guess you'd call it some context. Right. And Vodge, like it, it kind of made me, I, I guess a little jealous almost because as a quote unquote sort of media guy, I go to the races, you know, and, and I've never got that experience where I see, the different riders from different teams just hanging out like we did at Glen Helen or whatever. Yeah. And, and, you know, for what you get to do here, it's almost like you got to point a gun to their head to kind of <laughs> get to know them. We're over there. It's kind of like bringing back the reason we ride dirt bikes. You Absolutely. Know? You can just go up bullshit with your friends, have a good time. Ah, you win, you lose. It, it's all, it's all fun and games, you know? And, then they come back over here, and it's just so damn serious. You don't get to see any of these guys' freaking personality. Yes, exactly, exactly. Good point. Um, okay, so I mentioned Jacob Hayes was in studio. Obviously, uh, he's really tight with Daniel Blair. They joke about Daniel being his uh, manager, not his manager, his publicist or whatever. Um, but Jacob is going to AGE, AJE Gas Monkey this this year on Husky. Um, you know, they had some pretty some decent success with Blows last year. But, uh, TJ, what do you think? Is this a move sideways for Jacob, a move up with these teams? Um, I've heard some negative things about this team that I probably – I'm not really allowed to – from one of the riders from last year that I don't want to repeat, but I don't feel very good about this move. I feel like anybody on 
I mean, he wasn't coming in on fire where everybody was fighting for him. I think anybody at his level who, I guess you say, get a ride and get that kind of support, you know, that kind of stuff, it's got to be good for him. I don't understand okay. how it couldn't be. Yeah. I mean, how many teams are out there looking for 250 riders right now? Yeah, not not very many probably. Vodge, um, what do you expect? Uh, what do you think uh, of, uh, damn it, I just blanked, uh, Jacob's, you know, his abilities this year, what what he may be able to do with that team and just where he's at. You know what? Uh, coming in, like he said, he wasn't like a hot commodity coming in. So for him to actually have a team and not searching or trying to do something on his own, I think is good and gives him time to prepare. And honestly, I don't think he's going to do any worse. I think we're going to see pretty much what we did last year out of him. We'll see some maybe up top 10, top yeah. five maybe here and there. And, I think he'll do the thing, and I think if he pulls that off again, you know, maybe there's an injury, or maybe even next year there could be an opening, and they bring him in, seeing that if he can just stay consistent through the whole season. Right. Yeah, I was going to kind of point to that. Steve and them never really point that out, but some of these smaller teams like this, if a rider does good, the bigger teams say, well, look at the crappy, and, I'm not, and I don't think a team's crappy, but look at the team that he's on right now. You know, maybe with our bike, he can do even better. So it could actually work in his favor. Yeah, I mean, we've seen that in the past, like with McAdoo got pulled up or yep. whatever. Um, yeah, so hopefully that'll work because, I, I mean, Jacob obviously is a great dude. He's got good points uh, on, on the show. He was, you know, always great when he's – I think he's been in a couple – one other time yeah. before. Um, I really like Jacob. Uh, I hope good things come for him. I did find the, the – it's funny that he had blocked Steve. Steve had blocked him on Twitter. Again, TJ, you don't have a Twitter account, but – uh, Vods, that was pretty entertaining, and they, I think Daniel talked about, I believe it was Daniel that brought up, you know, they were scrolling through all the people that Steve had blocked in order to unblock Jacob, and he had so many people he blocked that he couldn't even hardly find it. That, uh, that right there says a lot about Steve's Twitter account, right? Yeah, I, I think it's hilarious how it's like, oh, I have you blocked. He goes, oh, well, I have you blocked, too. <laughs> yeah, they don't so know why. It's funny that they, they, yeah, they don't know why, but they both block each other. Yeah. You, you know, with Steve sometimes, you, and everybody, they let it get to him anyways. You say one thing the wrong way, or you just tell the truth and not block, block. Well, <laughs> come on, guys. Take the criticism, yeah. and everybody's going to be okay. And it seems like everybody comes full circle and ends up on the show or bullshitting with them and being buddies. So. Right. Well, it's hard not to with – the the reality is Steve is one of the best media guys in the business. And if you want your story told or whatever, you have to at some point realize that Steve knows what he's talking about. He does a good job. So that, like you say, they do come around. I've thought about the uh, getting on the block game a little bit just because, like you just said, I've got so many people that are the haters. And I'm like, you know what? I should hit that block button, but then instead I just let it go and I usually respond with some nice comment. Like, that's yeah, because, thanks, dude. That's because you want a higher follow number. You want that number of people follow you higher. <laughs> Fair that's enough, TJ. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, so one of the things that Steve brought up, the Christian Craig situation is getting sorted out. I have zero idea what this is about, and that irritated the shit out of me because I was instantly like no you can't throw some shit like out there like that out there and not tell us Steve because your fans are rabid and we want to know what's going on uh Vodge does that just make you uh want to continue to listen to wait for what's going to come up next or you know how do you feel about the secrets it, it kind of keeps you on on pins and needles and kind of like you're watching that suspense thriller and you're like ah and then all of a sudden oh 
tune in for next week. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I mean, I know last year he had some issues where they found some stuff in his system, but then they waited a year and a half. So it's like, does it have something to do with that? I is bet it, it does. New, something with the, with the team. It's like, you know, and everybody's so hush-hush with everything. Yes. that seems like Steve's the only real reliable source we have for getting the stuff that everyone's hush-hush about. And, you know, and he didn't really spill the beans either. So right. I guess we tune in for next week. Yeah, I asked Steve... I think I asked him at A1 last year on press day. I was like, look, you know, when I seriously off the record, when you get some piece of information that you know is good, how do you decide what to say and what not to say? Uh, and he's like, well, if they ask me not to say it, then I don't say it. But other than that, it's free game. And so, yeah, I mean, clearly this is something that he was asked not to talk about. Um, and, and he's, he is professional, whether you want to, whether people want to admit that or not, he's very professional when it comes down to it. So I'm sure we'll find that out. Um, what I do want to talk about as far as unprofessionalism as a joke <laughs> is uh, there was a lot of technical difficulties in this show. They had, they right off the bat, Talon is the new producer, basically. Part-time. Well, he's about to be full-time producer. <laughs> but, I mean, like, like yeah, he's really coming in. He's learning again. Yes. But that created, first of all, a lot of drama because I, I was on the Facebook Live um, Video of watching the show live that night, everybody was like, what the fuck? What's going on? Oh, my God, where's D- Dune Goon going? Yeah. I got tons of messages in the last few days. Is Travis gone? Um, so that that was pretty entertaining. There was a lot of moments where Daniel would just be like, randomly, hit a drop, Talon. I know, that was pretty And good. it would take about 30 <laughs> seconds. Um, so before I, we get into this anymore, Vodge, what do you think about, uh, how do you feel about Talon, the new producer, um, Right, right now, like initially, I was I like Talon. He's a great dude. I, I've talked to him a few times, but I love Travis Marks. Yeah, I'm gonna. You know, to me, as much as you think Pulp, you think Steve. You kind of nowadays you think Travis too. It's kind of hard to think of Pulp without Travis. You know. Yes. You know he's back there. You know, playing Excite Bike. You know <laughs> the whole time, but he's got his woody comments. But he's kind of he's on his shit while he's back there, which is good. You know, so. Hopefully he can kind of, you know, pass that torch over to Talon and, you know, and hopefully this thing comes along a little faster for him and uh, right, kind of right. ups his game. Cause yeah, you, you can tell he was a little bit on struggle street, but uh, with, with Daniel giving him some shit, it kind of made it entertaining, <laughs> yes. you know, when, uh, yes. when he was screwing up. So it was, it was still pretty funny. Yeah. Cause I really believe TJ that in the last, I think it's been about three years, maybe going on four that Travis has been there. The show is elevated quite a bit. Yeah. Um. You know, we have the Pulp Fantasy now. That's that's pretty much all Travis. Um. I believe Swizzcord has done does a lot of the stuff that we don't know about that maybe we think Travis does, but right. Travis is extremely in, implemental. Is that the right word? Yep. In in the show. Yeah. Um. But he wasn't that as good as he is now. Obviously, in the beginning, I'm sure Talon will come along. Um. Thoughts well, on thoughts on Travis first of all well, from you TJ. Um, he's done a really good job. I mean, he's better like, than you by far. By far, <laughs> I mean, he's not as good as <laughs> producer Joe, but he's on a completely different show. Fair so. enough. <laughs> but no, anyways, he um, he he done really good. And I remember I felt this way whenever Tits was leaving the show. It's like, how did he have pulp without Tits? Okay, and yes, then, yes. And then Travis came in and he became part of the deal. Now, I will say from the get-go when they had the whole who's going to be the next deal and Talon was in, my vote was for Talon for one reason, because the tweets at Travis, all that kind of stuff, could could now be called Howlin' at Talon. 
Like you're you know, lone wolf. You're such an idiot. It's a howling at talent. I mean, that 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 has a good ring to it. Yeah. Okay, so I'm gonna tell what I know, which isn't a lot necessarily, and I don't know if Steve. I, I don't think Steve would care if I say this, but um, so Travis is not going anywhere. Right. They I've uh, been mentioning for the last month or two that Steve is working on upgrading the content. Uh, there's gonna be a bunch of new video content, some YouTube stuff. If you noticed on the if you watched the Facebook Live, there's these things that look like monitors hanging from the ceiling. There's new lights. They're going to light the studio up. Travis is going to be in t- charge of all that stuff. So it's only going to make our experience better. Yeah. Um, in the end, uh, you know, not having Travis on the phones kind of sucks probably, but nothing against Talon. I think Talon's going to be fine. He'll come along. Talon at Talon. I, I like Talon. Or, yes, I like Talon. But for anybody listening, anybody wondering, Travis Marks is not going anywhere. He's going to be a, still around. Clippy, at clippy. some point, he's probably going to run the pulp empire when steve does finally decide to leave um all right hot topic right on twitter and social media the moto world they talk about ryan dungey part owner of geico everybody's surprised steve said he knew about it for a week or two that shows steve's involvement in this in this industry he knows everything how surprised were you vodge because that's a big big move yeah just like uh, when uh, Daniel Blair said, like, I looked at it, I'm like, what? A Honda? No, he's not on a Honda. Like, yeah. I had to double take it. Me too. He's always he's always followed Daddy Roger around, you know? Yep. Roger Suzuki, Roger here. So to see him step away from that was kind of like a big surprise to me. And then on top of that, be part of the Geico Honda team, I was like, I, I was blown away. It really caught me off guard because just one of those things you never would have thought happened. Yeah, I totally agree. Uh, and I was like you and like Daniel. I was like, uh, I'm not retweeting this because this has to be fake. I'm not doing that. Like normally I would retweet something that big if I saw the Racer X or somebody post it. I was like, no, there's no way. And then I just kept seeing it. And I kept seeing it. And once I saw Racer X and Steve comment on it, and I was like, okay, it's got to be legit. TJ, uh, Daniel and Steve say it's a good thing probably. He's really going to be a, a lot of help for those riders. Has a lot of good input. It'd be really cool if he did start riding the bikes and testing the bikes. Did he buy into the team or did he buy into Factory Connections Company? The team, from what I understand. So because he's part he, owner in the team. I don't know how they separate. Okay. I, I have just, no idea. Yeah, I was just curious about that. Like, did he buy That'd in? That'd be a good question for Steve. Right. But uh, that's just something they should have covered you know, in the show. Like, hey, what actually So happened? you're saying they failed in yes. this this is another part. This is another part <laughs> thing that makes this episode a failure. Okay. What, what Are they right, though? I think this answer is very obvious. Are they right that Ryan will be a big, very, oh, yeah. very helpful with this team? Or do you think he will maybe just be one of those owners? Maybe he doesn't show up that much. Maybe he doesn't do it, much. It'll be like to... Ricky whenever they, yes. yeah, that's yes. probably what it's going to be where he really isn't that involved. That's, that's probably that's what you, be. okay. That's what I... <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. And, and Daniel Blair's comment on Ryan Dungey was, he was pretty good. Yeah. He's all right. Yeah. He's pretty yeah, good. He's pretty good. Um, uh, he's all right. Yeah. You know, um, Jacob says, uh, Jacob Hayes talks about Brayton and Marty. I'm, I'm jumping back to the Geneva Supercross that they were kind of saucy. I, w- I haven't, still haven't watched that race. I need to go watch it. It's been a very busy couple weeks for me, but, um, Brayton not being happy with Marty. That was pretty funny to me. Um, because it's like, again, this is an off season race. You know, there's a little bit of money involved, but they're over there just trying to get prepped. And then Marty goes in, you know, 110 percent and he's like he's ready to 
take take Nate kick ass take names TJ. Do you think that like they didn't bring this up? But do you think they should have they should have brought up once again they didn't bring something up. All right, but Man, they, they, the they should have brought show. up that is Brayton like a little more invested in it than the other guys. So when because he's out there trying to win the championship and, yeah. and all those different things, is he like? So it's not just a one off for him. Basically, for him, yeah. it's his series. Do you think that makes a difference? Why he would be a little more? Yeah, yeah. Vodge, what do you think? Yeah, that's what I think. You know, you you think those overseas races the last three, four years, you think Justin Brayton, that's his Hell home. Yeah. That, that's, that's his house. That's that's his bread and butter right now, you know, making all that money, vacationing a little bit with the family. So right. to have someone come in who is a real threat, you know, I could see it, you know, kind of like the puffing your chest out like, no, you're not the man, I'm the man, and, you know what I mean? Kind of tangling bars a little bit there, trying to get the win. So I yeah. think it's pretty good. I, I, I like the aggression, even if it is a one-off race. Um, I think Marty's got a lot to prove. So that that to me, that was, you know, a key thing, them saying that, you know, that everybody noticed it, that Marty's not playing. He he has a name to make for himself, you know, or to, something to prove. Nobody gave him the shot that he probably deserved many times. And if you listen to what Steve's saying, Marty's for real. So that'd be, you know, I mean, how fucking awesome would it be if Marty is actually a threat for wins this year? I mean, that's just another player. TJ? Yeah, especially since the word was he was supposed to retire. Yeah, yeah, I thought he was. Yeah, after I, talking I was to him last he came year. Back. Yeah, yeah, so. Um, hey, one of the notes I made, and I, I kind of skipped over this. Uh, Vod, I'll go to you first on this. Steve talked about, hey, or he mentioned that, you know, Dungey would not have taken the role as part owner in this team if that team was not making money. And we hear all the time, you know, oh, how hard it is to get sponsors. There's no money in this sport. Clearly, I don't have any behind-the-scenes stuff like that on the details of how much money they make. But that's a pretty damn good point that Ryan didn't get involved to lose money. Yeah, definitely. There's no reason he's going to put a stake in anything and lose money. I mean, I'm sure he's pretty damn well off. But uh, he's not going to just throw money at something for no reason, you know, just to have his name on it. So I think he's got to be making some – sort of money or have some sort of perk come out of this full circle somewhere, you know, for him to step out of the retirement life and, and come in and kind of put a stake into a team, you know, and whether he sits at home and just watch the races or his name's on it and he's there helping, trying to make the team better and make the riders better, you know, we'll kind of see as the season goes on. Yeah, definitely. I, I just, I made me feel a little bit good about the industry that, you know, there's a lot of negative out there. We we see that JGR struggling to get a, a sponsor. Uh, they struggle getting Suzuki back involved. There's all these rumors that they could go away. But if if a team is making money, if any of the teams are making money, that's a good thing. So hopefully, hopefully it's not as you know dark as it seems. You know, as we hear, are led to believe sometimes. Um, okay, so the first guest of the night on the phone was Justin Brayton, who we've talked about. Um, Good stories there with Geneva. He, he His gear bag didn't show up. The issue with Marty, he said that, uh, you know, after after Marty tried to take his front wheel out, I wanted to hit him harder. These are racers, man. I mean, it just Justin Brayton was a great guest. I do want to touch on, okay, so he's going to factory Honda. He says that, uh, you know, if I feel like I can take advantage of that. There's just something about the aura of factory Honda, TJ. Um, I mean, they are, you know, obviously a historic team. The legends of of the past, especially in the '80s, this Honda was unbeatable. What is it about Honda that seems so, mis- you know, so 
fantastic, you think? I mean, and does it help Brayton? It, it, yes, it helps Brayton. I mean, the same way it did with Hot Sauce whenever he went to Honda. Kind of the same thing where you have that much backing, you have that much support. I mean, Honda is a company who, I mean, they're making F1 motors. They're, they made a robot that walks around and talks and can jump up and down stairs. That, that's a company that can do anything. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Like Sure. You're looking at me like I'm crazy. You don't get to see this, Vaj, but he's standing here looking at me like, you're an idiot. <laughs> I'm just trying to figure out where you're going with this. Well, I'm just saying they're unlimited. You, people talk about KTM is so much into racing, but you have a company like Honda. Okay, yes, I'm who with behind, you. Who started as a racing company. You know, Mr. Honda started racing. That's what started it all. And they made the first mass-produced, anyways. Yeah. Big company, <laughs> unlimited resources, and whether it's as dedicated to racing as KTM is or not, it's still it's still Honda. So does do you think Justin going to factory Honda improve his finishes? I said yes. You did. Okay. I I, I zoned <laughs> out when you're talking about robots. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> Vots, what do you think, man? Is this a good move? Obviously, it's a good move for Justin, but does it help improve his results? I think it does a little bit more of just, I think, mentally and in his head saying, hey, uh, yeah, the team he was on was a good team, but now it's like, hey, yeah, he's kind of late in his career and to have a factory team say, hey, we want you over here. And it's not a huge uh, switch for him. He's already had some of these Honda parts on his bike, but now he's getting the full factory effect again. You know, I think mostly on the mental side, you know, he's going to know that he's got guys that are confident in him, but this late in his career, he can still fight for podiums and maybe even wins like he did last year. So yeah, yeah. I think he's going to elevate him a little bit. Not a lot, but I think he's going to be up toward the top, you know, a little more than we saw him last year. What did y'all think about the way it sounded like he's saying, I'm never going to get this chance again. So he kind of knows this is mm -hmm. a one-year deal. Do you, I mean, do you think he's using this as his way out or to try to push it to keep racing? Well, they, they did ask him that. I think, I think it was Steve that asked him that, and he said, I don't know. That's what I'm saying. He didn't know, but what um, do y'all think? I, I think that, yes, probably, it's probably Brighton's last full-time full Supercross year. I think it's going to be hard to keep finding rides. Maybe not. I don't know. Brighton's, I mean... He could go back to MCR, I guess. I, yeah. I, but I think Justin's probably winding it down. What do you think, Vod? Do you think? I mean, is that what, what, you what, took what was your away? opinion? Yeah. Yeah, I think this might be his last hurrah for maybe a, a full Supercross season. And yeah. I could definitely see him, you know, just maybe doing off-season races after this, you know. But uh, I don't know. I think it just depends on how it plays out. If he has a good season, I could see him fishing for another ride or staying there and staying an extra year. But if it's kind of so-so or, you know, and he has some injuries, then, yeah, I could yeah. see him calling it quits after this for sure. Well, it's really, really difficult to not like Justin. He's been on the Pulp Show many times, just one of the nicest guys in the business and super thankful for all his opportunities. So always a good interview, clearly. Um, before I do the sponsor reads again, I want to talk about the caller who called in, and I think his quote was, why don't riders post pics of their R8s? Which first, I was like, I know you'll know, TJ, but I didn't have a clue what the hell an R8 was at first. It, Yeah. I, I got it afterwards. It's a car. Gotcha. Uh, but... I don't know. Like, I don't know where this guy was going. Like, it was it's, it's one easy. of the most random. No, it's no, it makes sense because okay. I'm a huge, like, into watching YouTubers and I'm, I like cars and stuff like that. But a lot of guys get a lot of social media following because they're out, like, 
bombing through the hills in their Lamborghinis and in their okay. cars. They're, I guess you say, flaunting their money, which then makes the young people desire to be them. And how do I get them? So that's what this explosion of all these YouTubers are, because uh, some YouTubers are able to make a lot of money. Well, if our guys could go out there and show, look at all these cars, look at us popping champagne, look at us living the life, then other guys are going to be like, man, I need to go race a dirt bike so I can get that way. That's an interesting way to look at it. I certainly that's what that caller was certainly saying. Certainly right, didn't Vodge? ever I mean, consider right? it like that because I was like, I don't care if the dude shows his cars or not. Vodge, what are your thoughts, man? I don't even know if you're a big social media guy. Dude, uh, somewhat I am, but to me, I'm, I'm not like that flaunting at all. I almost feel like you're flaunting at this, and that's more of a dick measuring contest. You know, right. oh, look at my RA. Kind of like what happened with you know Barsha and all that, like a couple years back. You know. I it's that. like, who cares? I'd rather, I mean, I want to see some cool stuff on social media, like, you know, different stuff, but not, hey, man, here's my here's my Lambo, here's my, hey, I just got 30s on, like, I can give a <laughs> shit about that, right. you know, but, you know, doing something cool besides, oh, I'm hitting this whoop section, like, you know, even like, like Justin Hill does now, like, out in the hills, and mm-hmm. stuff like that's kind of cool stuff that's outside of their element a little bit, but, I don't know, I'm not, when that caller called in, I'm like, who cares? Yeah, I I, I, that's I how I felt too. Well, in, in all honesty, we don't care. We're hardcore, you know, fans of the sport. But what we can't forget about is you got to look at how many kids are out there begging their parents for dirt bikes to be to keep our sport growing, keep or keep going. And that's what that caller was trying to say was we need to figure out a way to make the young kids want just got to have a dirt bike and mm-hmm. and got to see it. Dirt bikes are cool because. They're not cool anymore. Kids are seeing gamers out there who are driving around in, you know, $100,000, like, Bentleys and stuff like that. And so they're like, I want to be a gamer. That's so and, strange and, and, and yes, to me. it's strange, and, but we have to grow the sport, and I get it. See, okay. See, I'm sitting here thinking, like, I, I'm kind of going through my mind of different people I follow on social media. And, uh, like, right off the bat, so Chris Keeper comes up, right? Chris shows yeah. writing videos. Chris shows hanging out with his family. Chris show is going to concerts. But you're old. That's, well, but that's that's to me that's a human being. That's a normal person, right? You you have your hobbies like we're moto guys, so you go racing. You you post your race pictures. What else do you do? Well, I got a family. So, like if these riders were posting real life stuff, I'd be okay with that. Which you know, if they're not, if they're only posting riding videos, which is what I think this guy has nothing to do with that. It has to do with growing the okay. sport and growing followers and getting right. people to want to be dirt bike racers. All right. Well, we spent enough time. And on, I, oh, go I ahead. get that. I get that. Like yeah. if it's on growing the sport and bringing in, then I do understand that. But I guess I feel like I'm, I'm a little old school with that. Where right. I'm like ask social media, but you know, anything that can help grow the sport, maybe bring some money in, get some eyes on it and more people in the sport. Uh, I'm all in on that. Yeah. I mean, I guess if showing, you know, driving your R8 brings more people to the sport, I'm all in, but I don't see that happening. But again, what the fuck do I know? All right. I want to thank, <laughs> excuse me, BTO sports, fly racing, vertex pistons, vortex racing, excuse me, race tech suspension and engines, Michelin star cross buys, maximum oil, X brand goggles, pro filter, Works Connection, OGO Bags, Ride Engineering, The Atlas Brace, FMF Racing, Roost Graphics, W Wheels, Guts Racing, Get Data, Firepower Batteries and Chains, EVS Sports, Eagle Grit, MotorcycleIndustryJobs.com, and of course, LAHondaWorld.com, which is apparently 30, 30 minutes thirty minutes from anywhere in LA. Oh, I thought it was in the U.S., 30 minutes from anywhere in the U.S. <laughs> no, well, that's about the same. I mean, sometimes <laughs> with traffic in LA. 
Um, that's what the, the the script says. That's right. Just as I always try to tell you guys, go support the sponsors. Um, you know, like we've talked about, the the wrap up show probably is going away because there are not enough sponsor dollars being put out for it. That's all. There's I'm, so much hate. I'm I'm disappointed, but oh, if there's no sponsor dollars, the Pulp MX show will probably go away at some point too. So support those sponsors to keep the Pulp MX show alive. Um, we're going to get into the wrap-up show stuff here in just a few minutes. Um, next guest, Budman, Buddy Antonez and Weston Pike promoting their writing school. A um, couple things I want to touch on on that. Uh, Weston bummed me out because he's not getting any better, which I kind of knew that, but hearing him say it where he's accepted it yeah, kind of sucked, Avaj. Yeah, I've always been a Weston fan, yep. even back in the day. And he's, even when he's in the back, you always just cheer for Weston Pike. And I feel like he was really starting to take off and really get get a lot better. Mm-hmm. And he's always been aggressive. And when I first heard that crash that happened over there, I was so bummed. And then, yeah, he kind of took the wind out of my sails. He's kind of accepting that, hey, it's probably not going to happen. And I feel like he's he's a personality and someone we need in the sport, you know. So even if he's not on the track, hopefully he stays somewhere, you know, relevant. Yeah, within the race. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I hope that you know maybe not JGR because I know they're they sounds like they're struggling a little bit with the program, but hopefully somebody gives him a position because yeah he he definitely like you said has the personality. He's a bigger than life almost figure. He's one of those aggressive guys and. Um, I, I like Weston a lot too. TJ, I have to assume you were pretty bummed out when you heard his response to that as well. Yeah, I mean, also, and I'm at maybe talking out of school, rumor is he has like a career-ending injury, um, what do you call it? Well, uh, life policy. A policy. Yes, he, so, I, he does. And so if he did that, then I, I'm not so bummed out for him because he's going to play it that way. So but it he, still sucks, man. I mean... I mean, look at this. Is my deal, right? I crashed the other day. I say I'm probably done riding. I'm fucking disappointed yeah, as hell. Yeah, but you don't. Can but, you imagine if you're Wes and Pike and that's your career? I don't know how much money he got, so I'm going to. But the be... money doesn't. Well, you're you're too. Yeah, never mind. We're not going to talk about you and money. <laughs> okay, we're going to skip that. So anyway, December 28th and 29th, Atlanta, California, Budman and Weston are doing a riding cool. school. You guys heard about that? That's going to be badass. If you guys have any chance of signing up for that thing. They said DM them on their Instagram. Um, Weston's never been very good at answering direct <laughs> messages, but hey. If it, yeah, if, if he's getting that rider stuff, maybe yeah. he will. Honestly, I, I don't know how Steve would feel about this, but if worst case, email the show, Pulpamax. Yeah. I bet Steve could get you in touch. Hey, and for the kids who have a chance to go do that before Supercross Futures, go do it. Yeah, Because yeah. at Supercross Futures, I watch a lot of kids because we've, we've done them, a lot of them. I watch a lot of kids weed themselves because they're not ready for it. even that tame down track. It's a total different right. world. Bodge, how about during the call, Rockies in the background barking nonstop? I mean, that is about as unprofessional as it gets. Steve, get your shit together. <laughs> I think it's funny. Yeah, I, I, I do you too. hear Rocky bark almost every episode. Yep. So you always like, ah, someone's at the door. Pookie, go get the door. Go yeah. get the door, Pookie. So every episode, I, I almost kind of tone it out because you know somewhere within the episode you're going to hear Rocky bark. And <laughs> to right. me, you just, you just put it together. You, you put Bassett, 
and Steve together, so you sure. really don't think anything of it. It was um, funny. Again, like I said, I was watching it. So as soon as it happened, Steve's looking up towards where the stairs go upstairs. You know, you could tell he's like, why is he barking so much? And he, he's texting. I have to assume he was texting Pookie. Um, and, and that might have been when Courtney came down with the cookies, too. I think it was. So yeah. everybody likes Courtney. Yeah. Cookies. Oh, yeah. Whew. I know. <laughs> Man, what what a smoke show. Dang. That, you know, honestly, Travis Marks, Travis should be probably at least vice president of the Basement Husbands Club. Yes. Oh, yeah, he should be. He should have a, a good stake in, in, in the Basement Club for sure. Absolutely. Well, anyway, with the Budman Weston interview, there were some really good funny points. I know everybody already listened. I love the uh, Weston calling Steve out on, like, you had a prime. Steve talking about back when he was back in the prime riding. Um, Weston is always good for ragging on Steve. Uh, and of course, um, Steve threw out the, the comment, TJ can fast ready go sign up for your class. That was, that was pretty funny. Harsh. That, was, that was funny. That was good. Yeah, that was quick. Um, and of course, Weston, how about Weston calling out everybody on social media and saying, uh, like the writers are, everyone's too big of a pussy. Weston's not scared, TJ. No, it never was. I mean, was I don't think lots any, of honesty. I see. I don't think any of us were surprised with that. How did no, that work out for you? But I, oh yeah, yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Um, all right, let's see what we got next. Uh, Steve, just some notes here. Steve saying how he's always been behind amateurs and Marty Davalos. That's typical Steve, though, Vod, right? <laughs> oh yeah, total hypocrite here and there. You know, I, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm for, I'm for futures. I'm for, for these guys. I'm not for them. Yeah. Whatever's going to benefit him is when he's going to be for that cause. Which yeah, it, it just adds to what that's Steve. You know. Yeah, I want to ask you something. You've been in studio. Um, you know, I got to do it one time. Talk, tell some of the listeners what it's like. You know, when the mics are off. Um, let's say before the show starts and tell us a little bit like we're during commercial break. How, what's that, um, environment like, you know, how fun is it? What goes on? Dude, it's just a lot of fun. Like you said, just like same thing at the track, bunch of guys bullshit and talking shit, you know, maybe elaborating on some stuff that, that we have talked about or going to talk about, but yeah, I mean, it, it's just, just being in studio alone is awesome, but then, Especially the audience I had around me. You yes. got freaking Galdi and Kiefer and <laughs> and and Chris. Right. You know what I mean? And Hell Mathis. Yeah. Like it was just it was awesome. And what you got during the show, it didn't stop in between commercials, after the show, before the show. It was just full throttle the whole way through. So yeah, it just it was fun, man. I'm like, man, I, I don't want to leave. It makes you want to go in every week. Oh, dude, yeah. I mean, if I was as close as you are. I'd probably be showing up on his doorstep. I would be the creepy guy like, hey, Steve, what's up, dude? Oh, shit, it's Monday night. Have you not Can listened I hang to out? the calls? You really already are. Yeah, apparently like, that's what everybody thinks. So <laughs> We're getting to that. Darkside's like the freaking, he's a groupie. Yeah, well, you know what? We're, we're going to get to that, Bodge. He's a groupie. We're going to get to that here in a few minutes. We're gonna, when we get to the voicemails, I have some shit to say. But let's go back to some hot topics that came up. Big news in the industry this week. Um, Marvin Muskan out for Supercross for 2020, TJ. Um, you know, Daniel Blair brought up the point that, hey, Marvin's window is closing. He's got a two-year deal. This is the first year He's a lot older the deal. Than, than he seems, isn't he? In, uh, isn't he in his late I 20s? don't know how old he is, but it's... I want to say he's 27, right? Yeah, I, I think he's yeah older than you would think. Yeah. Um, 
how big of a how big of a blow is this for Marvin? Does does he recover next year? Um, not without a good outdoors. Okay. So that that's it. Not without a good outdoors. Without, without a without a good outdoors, then yeah. So we we found out Vaj he he's got a two year deal right. So this is his first year. Two thousand twenty will be the first year of the new deal. Two thousand twenty one will be his year coming back for two Supercross. Hopefully, in two thousand twenty two, Vaj is Marvin still on Red Bull KTM? Honestly, no, I I don't think so. And I, his window, I believe his window's closed, especially I believe this mm. was his last year because the talent coming up, I mean, look at AC alone who's coming up right now. And, you know, he's yeah. only going to get better as time goes, you know, and you've got the, you've got good talent coming in. Justin and Cooper will be I honestly think, yeah, Marvin, I think this was, I mean, he'll be tough fighting for some podiums and maybe some top fives, but I can't see him missing this season and, you know, being in the championship hub the next year, I don't see it. Yeah, I, I kind of think you're right. Um, like you said, there's too many people coming up. It, it's unfortunate. Um, and, of course, as soon as he announced that, the Chad Reed rumor started, I fully bought into that. Like, I was, people were asking me. I was like, yeah, I think it's going to happen. Steve kind of made me think that maybe it's not going to happen as much. And even Daniel talking about that um, – yeah, or Steve said that KTM Europe isn't a big Chad Reed fan. Daniel talked about him you being kind of a pain in the ass. They posted up today looking to buy a rig for or have a rig for the Supercross season. Who did? Chad Reed. Uh, oh, I did. Uh, uh, what's his name? They hit the Dan Truman. Yes, Dan posted up. They're looking for a rig. Oh, so yeah. Okay. That KTM thing. I didn't see not, that today. They came out today. I was back at work today, so yeah. I did. Well, that's interesting. So yeah, maybe it's not going to happen. Um, okay, so Vods. They discussed, you know, would that even be a good deal for KTM? Uh, you know, I think fan-wise, it's a hell of a good deal. There's, like I said, the line's going to be huge. I think that's right. Business-wise, it's probably a good idea. Daniel says, though, he's a pain in the ass, or he's been known as being a pain in the ass. If you're factory KTM, do you jump on the first chance if you can get Chad Reed? I think so. There's yeah. not a lot of guys who are going to get you, you know, these top fives or anything close to what Marvin would have got you. So. I think putting someone who's going to be a, a big name and get you a lot of publicity and stuff like that, why not? You're already going to be at the races. The bike's pretty much already going to be there. So uh, if Chad Reed's a pain in the ass, I think you can suck it up for six months and, <laughs> and, and, and do that, you know, and give him that good farewell. But, you know, at the same time, you know, what else you can do? There's not many other guys you can put on the bike you know, that are going to get you top tens right now. So. Yeah, yeah, you're right. And it was actually Kiefer that said he was kind of a pain in the ass. Um, and, yeah, I think that's the deal. Like, either – if you don't go with Reed, you probably don't fill the spot. You just leave it open. That that would be my thoughts. Um, I think it kind of sucks because there are guys that could probably use – make something out of that, that bike, that like Marty, who has a, a ride, but it's definitely not factory KTM. Um Guys like that that I would like to see get a chance, you know, um, to to ride that factory bike. But you, like you say, it's probably not going to happen. Um, yeah, it's unfortunate. Though. I mean, I hate the I hate that Marvin got hurt. I, I'm really disappointed. I, I really I think he's super nice. It's just good. well, he's nice, but he's one of the elite guys, right? I mean, yeah. we don't want to see any of those guys out. We don't want to see anybody get hurt. But the top five, six guys battle for a championship. I just don't want it to get back where it used to be, where like there's two guys. 
And then one guy gets hurt, and, well, you know who's going to win. Right. I like to have five, six guys that could win in there, and Marvin's always a threat. So it's a, it's a bummer, uh, TJ. Yeah, I mean, I think I'm most bummed. I didn't consider him a title threat, but just having him in the pits, having him on the podiums and yeah, yeah. And, and racing, it's just I, I'm, I'm a big fan of him over the last few years. And I love that Daniel Vodj was so adamant that Reed's the only guy that could fill that spot. And then C said, well, what about your guy, Jacob? And then Daniel's like, oh, wait a minute. Wait a, <laughs> right? Like, oh, I forgot about yeah, my he, guy. Yeah, he backpedals on that when you saw dollar signs real fast. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, okay, then, of course, uh, the weekly wheel call, uh, Works Connection wheel call. Will, Will, unfortunately, seems like he's getting just bashed on social media also, TJ. He says, I get death threats. I don't know. That's <laughs> probably an exaggeration. Yeah. But I'm sure with the Pulp Nation, um, I, I definitely know how that feels sometimes. So yeah. he, he's probably getting bombarded about this ride. And I don't believe for a second, TJ, that he's putting this off just like, well, I'm just I'm just dragging it out. I mean, there's probably a lot of red tape. I mean, it's good. And, and Bodge, I'm going to ask you in a minute. You know Kiefer well enough. You probably know some details, but... It's it's got to be it's got to be difficult to get a factory bike out there, TJ, for Kiefer and Mathis to go spin laps on. I I mean yes, and I've seen, we see other magazines riding these factory bikes. So true. I, I really hope I think he it takes get, a lot of. I really hope he doesn't get to ride it. Really, you're such a dick. <laughs> so All right, Vodge, you're you're buddies with Kiefer, so I think you probably know something. Um, what's really going on? Honestly, I actually don't know what's going on with it. I think it's funny. You know, every week it's, you know, we're, we're trying to pan, we're trying to pander to Will. Hey, yeah. we need a bike. We need a bike. Right. We need a bike. And then he goes, go, go freaking pound sand. You ain't getting a bike. So <laughs> I think it's funny. And I hope they do get to ride it. Well, I hope Chris gets to ride it. And then Steve does it because then it'll be some very good content for <laughs> a while. True. And <laughs> You, It'll be good, and there'll be some hell to pay if he doesn't get his ass on that seat. You know that Steve's gonna ride it, and he's gonna be like, eh, "It was okay." Glenn Helen, yeah, yeah, Glenn Helen sucked. It was, right. it was too rough. Uh, it needs this. It needs that. It, yeah, it was okay. That's true. That's probably why he's not gonna get it. Somebody sent me a message, and they go, "God, I hope he crashes it, oh. so that I could say, talk some shit." Oh, that'd be great. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, but uh, all right. So, uh, race tech rant of the night. I wasn't really feeling this one. Um, you know, some riders. He he brought up some riders thought or uh, Alessi. Alessi said the track was eighty to a hundred percent better on night two of Geneva. Brayton said it wasn't any better. Well, everybody has a different opinion. Kiefer loves the rut track out in the desert, and Mathis hates it. What do you? I mean. You can't make everybody happy. We know that, Vodge. Yeah. Like that. I think this was this was one of the worst race tech rants I've ever heard. I thought. Yeah, I understand where he's trying to put out some information, and guys are saying different things. But it's the same thing as you know, like me and Chris, we love that freaking deep turn check over there, and he's over on the freaking UTV trail <laughs> driving Miss Daisy and loves yeah. it. Yeah. So you know, and then you know, dark side when we get you when we get you back on a bike. You know, you might like something else. That's just it's the, the way it is. So it's kind of like, sure. you know, where does he go with it on the media side? But, you know, you, you ask 20 different people, you're going to get 20 different answers. Yeah. That's just the way it is. I kind of felt like he was just, just needed a rant, and that's what he had. Because I don't – I definitely don't feel like he was all that 
Um, felt that strongly about that one, like he does many of his others. But yeah, whatever. You know, you can't win them all, Steve. Some of, sometimes the shows just aren't as good. And TJ didn't like this show. <laughs> <laughs> um, I really enjoyed the story of Kiefer finding the dead body out in the Des. Um, were you uh, around when this happened? <laughs> I actually wasn't because this was uh, I've I've got a good old working job right so this is I I pedal and I go ride with Chris a lot and yeah this is one of those I was at work and he told me about it and I'm like really and you, you we find there's no lie there's dishwashers there's sure. there's weird shit out there you know but uh, the dead body thing was pretty hilarious and you know seeing that they came up on it and had to call the cops and yeah, right. That's the high des nowadays, you know. It used to not be like that, but nowadays it is. So, hey. So speaking of Kiefer, I just just thought of this. Give me your best Chris Kiefer story. Could be anything, whether it doesn't matter. I mean, just give me something that stands out. Well, besides, to me, Kiefer's like a big brother to me, so he's always giving me shit. You know, I'm kind of like his other kid. I think I listen about as well as Aiden. <laughs> so, hey, Aiden's uh, a great kid. Oh, I love Aiden. He's 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 awesome. You yeah. know, he's my little battle buddy when we're riding. But uh, nice. It's like the same thing. Chris constantly, hey, do this, do this, and I'm like, eh, what? I gotta go work tomorrow. Eh, um, I'm I'm fine. I, I'm not gonna do it. So, um, yeah. There's so many. Any times you're with Chris, they're all stories. You know, Chris is just pinned all the time, right. just high on life. So, I can't really pick one except for him just giving me shell, especially when I get off the track. As soon as I get off the moto track. You can't talk to me for 10 minutes because I'm usually pissed off and hyped up. So, yeah. <laughs> right on. Oh, that's fair enough. Yeah, Kiefer definitely is always on, and it's, I think that's why people love him so much. Wait, just real quick, were you yeah. there during the Vet Nationals? Me or him? Him. Well, Mars. yeah, he was, yes. Yeah. He, he raced? raced? Yeah. Were you, yeah. Like, were, were you in the medal group? Did you get a medal? Yes, did. I you did. not listen to that show? Hey, I did. So, I just so, didn't. I couldn't remember. So there's a story right there. So okay. I got two trophies and I got three medals. So world champion. Hell yeah. And I was thinking thinking to myself, do I bring the medals? Like, should I? I'm like, nah. So I get into the freaking car to go up to Pulp and Chris doesn't say shit to me. He doesn't say, hey, man, make sure you got your medals. We're all bringing our medals. Oh. Nothing. Doesn't tell me shit. So I get in and I get there, and next time, Galdi's got medals, <laughs> Mathis medals, everyone's got medals. And I'm sitting, I'm like, dude, I'm like the freaking loser at table six. I ain't got no medals, and you didn't tell me. He goes, oh, I, I told you. I go, if you would have even let it slip out of your mouth, I would have ran back in the house to get them. Right. So, well, yeah, I'm, I'm just sitting there like, yeah, hey, hey, I'm, I'm a champ, but I don't have proof, so. Uh, yeah, that's, that's good. I think I, I remember hearing a little bit about that and I, damn it. I wish I had one of those medals, man. I, uh, I did Glenn Helen 18, I think maybe eight. No, no, this is 19. So 17, I did it in 17 and I sucked. I was terrible. So I didn't get a medal, even if they, hell, they could have, tro they could have meddled through like 12th and I still wouldn't have got one. That's pretty bad. I think I got 15th or Next something. Next year. Next year, Dark well, Side. Well, that year. was my goal until still this. Still is. It still right, is. We're not going to talk about that. I don't know how I feel right yeah, now. Yeah, you're good. You're good. You're good. Uh, okay, X-Brand tear-offs. I didn't really have a lot of things that stood out in X-Brand tear-offs this week other than DB saying there's no chance El Ombre is ever going to come on the show. Yeah. That's I, I, that's going to be a big one. Someday, like they said, RC would never come on the show. He did technically come on the show. Yeah. I think it will happen. 
El Ombre, uh, you know, I just changed my mind as I'm sitting here because I'm, I'm picturing El Ombre and my conversations with him. I don't, El Ombre's not going to change his opinion. <laughs> I changed my mind. <laughs> Never mind. I totally changed my All mind. Right, moving on. Yeah, yeah. moving on. Um, okay, switching pages here. Uh, okay, so I call in, uh, I guess around 1130-ish hour time, so about three hours into the show. As usual, I get shit on by Steve. He told me that sometimes the shows are terrible. I thought that was a little harsh. Uh, he's trying to sell my bikes for me. He's been hit on so on, hey, again. By, by the way, yeah, I don't mean to interrupt, but are we doing a package deal on these Hondas or what? I'm <laughs> my bikes line, so. are what not doing? for sale. Steve has fucking posted twice. Sale, have you have you gotten DM'd for? Oh the- no, not DMs, but people are definitely commenting because steve keeps commenting or he started a tweet lat or the night of the show yeah that my bikes were for sale just dm me then he did one today i know after he texted me he he asked me in a text are your bikes have you sold your bikes yeah and then he put on twitter i buy dark sides bikes are for sale uh and yeah so i'm getting all these you know offers yeah and, and anyway but yeah my bikes are not for sale um, Which means you are gonna ride. I'm not sure I will ride again. It, it's gonna be a while. Vet national for vet Heck national yeah. next year. Stay, you're in. Stay you're on in. Vod, if stay I on get it. hurt again, I am going if to lose it, my if, fucking job. You're good. Okay. You're right. good. So anyway, um, yeah, Steve. Steve giving me shit. Steve telling me, uh, you know, the show's terrible sometimes. Um, what else did he say? I don't even remember. I kind of I didn't take notes on my call. <laughs> you got? Do you remember anything else about the call? No, because that's basically what it was. Them ragging constant, on you yeah, constantly. And then they replayed the the sound. Was it the first time you called in that they played the the um, the video? Oh, he played it for Jacob for, to watch. For yes. Jacob. And Jacob, yep. Jacob at that point changed his mind and said, "You can't roll a single. You need to quit." Yeah, Jacob and I were texting after that. I was like, "Dude, that was." I said, "Look, I am not that bad." <laughs> Shit happens, and I've I, I've brought up a couple times. And I, first of all, wait a minute. I'm okay. not comparing myself to these people I'm about to mention. How does Ryan Villapoto loop out in the GPS? How does that happen? Yeah. Well, I don't know. I don't know how how what I did happen. How does Steve crash on a double and have brain fluid coming out of his ears or whatever? Who knows? Shit well, fucking on, happens. Hold on, Vaj, Do you ever listen to our show, which we're not allowed to talk about? No, he doesn't. Okay, I read. I- here and there, yes. I rag him constantly for still being a sea rider because he's been racing since he was like twelve, and he's like fifty something years years old now. And then now he's um, still riding C class, so I give him a hard time. Well, anyways, I um, maybe I need to be. I take that back now. I okay, mean, after good. after me rolling over <laughs> that hill like a hundred times that day, and even overshooting it, and but so still, did I on and, my bike, and still clearing the step up after. And then he did that. I'm like, okay, never mind. I'm wrong. But he's still a sea rider. I overjumped it on my yeah, bike. He's a sea, he's a sea rider, or maybe he needs to do a couple push-ups. I haven't figured it out yet. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> okay, let's talk about that strength, right? A little bit of strength. My body definitely buckled when I hit the ground. The bike did not continue moving forward. I had so many people say, and I think I said this last show. Why don't you just gas it and ride out? Dude, you hear me panic rev? No. No what? You were not panic revved in that deal. Yes, I was. You hear the bike go, ah! Okay. So I let out on the clutch. The bike stopped, and my bike just co- my panic body revving collapsed. with the clutch pulled in is not panic revving. But then I let revving. off, dumbass. <laughs> 
anyway, See, but, I didn't hear panic, Rip. What right. I heard was Bradshaw. <laughs> <laughs> that maybe that's what it was, but I, uh, I did. Um, my body did collapse, and we talked about this. Like me and Brian Fullerton from a Cherubis, I had rode Saturday more than I'd rode. Yeah. And probably at one time in, in over a year. And you've been off the bike. So for a while. Sunday, then I ride again, and like my try, uh, the back of my arms were very sore. My legs were sore. I had also been having my left hand go numb for the last few months. Maybe that contributed to it. I really still don't have an answer, but I, like the I am show. better than that. I'm better than that. And I, so I was telling Jacob, I said, look. That is not a good fucking depiction of my riding abilities. Stay in the C class. And he was just bro. laughing. He's like, "Hey, it happens to the best of us." So, anyway, at least he was trying to make me feel better. But uh, Steve, Steve loves to make me feel like shit. Um, he always texts me later and's like, "Dude, I'm just fucking with you." But you know, just once on air, Steve, can you be nice? Just one time. That's not funny enough. Yeah. True. Yeah. All right. I'm thinking. I'm thinking. You kind of saw you might not get some sponsors for next year, so maybe if you got hurt, you get some sympathy from it, and we maybe get some sponsors. There you go. Hey, that works for me. If that happened, I'm I'm down. Uh, yeah, whatever it takes to keep this thing going, because there are people that actually do like it. So, and we're we're getting ready to get into that. Where, like I said, that rant's coming here in just a minute, and we're gonna be wrapping this thing up. Uh, tweet tweets at Talon, and they try to go to commercial break, or they they play the tweets. <laughs> Intro and then Steve's like, "Wait, I didn't, I didn't tell you to do that. I didn't quite. There was more technical difficulties. They blame talent for their mistakes. Yeah, yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Um, but then, uh, so they go to commercial. They come back. Steve announces that the LC Yamaha LCQ challenge is coming back next year. So that's going to be really cool. Um, hopefully Adam doesn't win again. Adam into nap. Uh, but there were a couple of decent tweets I want to talk about. Um, they talked about the the bet between Mitch and Steve that finally Steve had to pay on the, the bet of Amart who finished yeah. better, Amart Davalos. Steve mentioned something that he was talking about with Brayton, but he couldn't say yet. Daniel was supposed to find out after the show and Daniel forgot. So we still don't know. And here's another example Vodge, of him hinting at something that leaves us wanting more. Yeah, we're, we're all chopping at the bit here and, we're all going to be devastated if come next year it's like, oh, no, it's off. Like, nothing happened. But he makes it sound so big. And last year was so much just entertainment by itself on – I think a lot of people were paying attention to Marty, to Davalos and freaking Martin all year just because of this. That Absolutely. We're kind of looking for something for next year. Like, okay, let, give us something else to look forward to all year. Right. Yeah, yeah, you're 100% right. So we're going to find out what this is, I'm sure, coming up. Um, like I said, I texted Daniel today and asked him if he, he remembered to find out, and he forgot. He asked me if I knew what it was, and I definitely don't, unfortunately, but we'll figure it out. Um, all right, so we've hit our hour, our hour typical time mark, so I want to kind of go through these real quick. A um, couple more tweets. Steve's phone is playing in the background. I don't know if you got caught that. Yeah. He was watching playing a video while Daniel was ter- <laughs> telling his Tiger Lacey story. That, again, is unacceptable. Uh, they mentioned that this could be JGR's last year with Suzuki anyway. Uh, the contract's up. Suzuki's last year in America. Yes. That's pretty yeah. good. pretty good chance of that happening. Daniel mentioned something that he's told me before. Daniel usually has pretty good, good info. KTM 250 team. Keep your eye out. I don't know what that means for TLD, 
But that's pretty interesting. That's something to think about gas, for next gas. year, huh? Gas, gas. Well, they then they also brings up the gas, gas thing. But I think everybody seems to think that that's going to be what Rocky Mountain does mm. is they'll go gas, gas. So all interesting stuff they talk about. We'll see what happens. Um, Daniel Blair asked, why is JT banned? I got tons and tons and tons of messages today uh, about that. And I know why, and I can't say. Sorry. So anyway, yeah, he's yeah. like, look, he's leaving his champion at the bit too. Yeah, yeah. you're pulling a mathis on us. What the Come heck? On. Nobody listens to your show, Dark Side. <laughs> <laughs> well, then nobody's going to hear the answer anyway. So, um, okay, voicemails. The hate on Dark Side segment, right? The hate on the wrap-up show segment. Um, yeah, I'm going to pull out my notes here because I wrote some because I was – you got to talk into the mic, bro. <laughs> Am I not talking loud enough? No, now you are. Oh, it was down a little bit. Yeah. Okay. So, all right. You guys are going to have to bear with me. I wrote some notes down. So, hopefully, he's it doesn't... got a manifesto written here. Yeah. Just because, so you know, when you get wound up about something, all these thoughts start going through your mind. And sometimes it's hard when you go to say them to remember everything. So, yeah, I took some notes. So I'm just gonna go he off. Write it down. This is—is is this like like Doctor Phil right now? Are we talking you off the ledge, dark side? Is everything cool? You no ledge. No ledge. I just got. I just got some shit to say. Okay. So since the Pulp Show sponsors sponsor this show, this mm-hmm. is Dark Side's race race tech rant right here. This is the uh, chair. Well, no, a uh, Cherby's is not a. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A uh, Cherby's reached out to talk about the sponsorship of this show, but they is, talked to is, Steve. So. As of right now, this is they're the not involved. So this is going to be the, the X suit. brand. Go- no, the yeah. X brand has tear offs. Yeah. Let me think here. Let me look at the sponsor list. Eagle Grit. The Eagle. This is the Eagle Grit rant. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. So first, I want to thank all the people who do listen you can to the show. Take a bathroom break now if you need to, because he's about to go on for a minute. It won't take me that long. <laughs> I want to thank everybody that does listen. I want to thank all the people that have reached out and told me the. Basically, the fuck the haters that tell me that I shouldn't put up with Steve bashing me so much. First of all, the Steve shit's all in fun. Steve does not bother me at all. Um, <clears throat> anyway, so I know that, you know, there's, look, a lot of people, they love spreading the hate these days. There's just a lot of negativity. They're just trying to make themselves feel better about their own shit. I get all that. Um, but anyway, the guy, the guy that said I fought, fo- he said, I follow Steven, that the fact that I follow Steven Pookie is disgusting or how I follow Steven Pookie is disgusting. I don't even know what the guy's fucking talking about unless he's talking about me following them on social media. And I would have to assume most of the fans follow them also. Uh, you know, if you're not following, yeah, it, make, it makes it sound like you're like creeping through the bushes out front. You Texas. Yeah, exactly. And I, I have somewhat become friends with Steve and Pookie and Pookie and I text sometimes she does the Pookie uh the the hello Pookie segment because people like hearing from her I don't really know where this fucking asshole was what his point was um like I mean I I don't believe her I'm sure this guy follows him too you know on social media anyway um I lost my damn tra- train of thoughts. Okay, so I was I was asked to do the show, first of all, right? I said that when I called in. I enjoy doing it. I do it because Steve asked me to. Um, and I don't, I don't know if this guy's point is like he doesn't like Pookie. Maybe that's it. Maybe he doesn't like Pookie. He doesn't like hearing about it. I have no idea, but I think the guy was a fucking asshole. Um, other people seem to like it, so I really don't care what this guy has to say. Um, he's, you know, One of the other callers said he doesn't care about my opinion. But for some reason, he thinks people care about his opinion. I don't give a shit about your opinion, dude. Um, it doesn't mean shit to me. 
this guy said I'm just a ball hugger, which I don't understand why. I mean, I guess is that because I like pulp, uh, TJ? I think Am so. Am I a ball hugger because I like pulp? Don't we all like pulp? Yeah. Vodge, don't you like pulp? <laughs> yeah, I do. I guess I'm a ball hugger too. All right, okay. so again, right? Uh, I guess, again, this guy, he, he doesn't like Pookie probably. He doesn't like Mathis. He doesn't follow them. I guess maybe that's his point. <clears throat> anyway, all these cock gobblers that are <laughs> talking shit, you know, every one of those motherfuckers, if they saw Steve at a Supercross, would go up and be go, dude, I love your show. I'm a fan because we're fucking fans. That's what we fucking do. I mean, T- well, TJ's a weirdo, but the average pulp fan wants to meet Steve and say, I like your fucking show. That's what I do. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm losing track of my notes here. Sorry, guys. <laughs> I suck. Um, Come on, we're losing momentum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, like, I don't understand. I, Vaj, I don't understand what the necessity of people being so fucking negative all the time is. These guys have to be, like, I think they're like, they're like the kids that picked their nose back in school. They picked their boogers in third grade, and all the kids made fun of them all the way through high school. Um, and, and now they, they're police officers. Yeah, they they never had you know, so they never really had any friends, and now they have this outlet of voicemails or Twitter or social media to talk shit about me or Daniel Blair or who other or you know whoever, right? I mean, I don't know. They're fucking assholes either way. <clears throat> the one guy TJ said yeah, they're all, they're just they're like telephone tough guys, you know? Yes, people, exactly. People and, exactly. You know, if you were actually see them in the street, they might be your best friend. But you know, hey, right. I'm a badass on the telephone or you know behind the keyboard. Well, so. first of all, how do these fuckers know what I say or what I tweet if they don't follow my tweet, yeah. my Twitter, right? That's what I say. Or if they don't listen. Yeah. Now, yes, I do retweet a lot of stuff that Steve posts. This guy said I retweet everything. Bit of an exaggeration, but if there's a news story like fucking uh, Dungey. Part owner is part owner of Geico, and I see tw- Steve tweet it. Well, yeah, I'm going to retweet it. That's a pretty fucking big deal. Um, so anyway, again, fuck that guy. Um, but the guy, the one guy is like, hey, nobody listens to the Dark Side show. None of my friends listen to Dark Side show. Well, fuck your friends. TJ, we have about 4,000 to 4,500 listeners. Easy. Downloads every week, which is not that far off what main event was before it went to Racer X. Not bad numbers. There's 4,000 people per week on average that do listen to our fucking show. So if you don't like our show, other people do. So, you know, it's same with the wrap-up show. Other people listen to it. Um, Bods, am I doing okay so far? Oh, you keep it going. Keep it going. Hot and heavy. <laughs> Let's keep it going. Okay. Well, the, the point, though, really, like, first of all, as a human being, hey, I'm a on. pretty nice fucking dude. Yeah. You know me pretty well, TJ. Yeah. I care about my friends. I don't fucking bash some of these people tell me all the time, oh, you got to be more negative or not negative, but they're like, you got to, you know, call out Steve and say, and, and basically they're saying I need to be more negative because I'm too fucking positive. Well, I like the fucking pulp show. Even when Steve says shit that I don't agree with, or Steve's a little bit out there with his opinions, I don't feel like I need to be, Steve's a fucking idiot. You know, <laughs> right? I don't need to make, you see people on social media talk about Steve that make fun of him. They call him uh you know, maybe they talk, they tease him about his weight or they, they tease him about something else or talk shit yeah. on him. That's not who I am. I'm not a fucking eight-year-old. I don't need to make fun of Steve for shit like that. You just make fun of me. Yes, I do make fun of you because you're one of my best friends. <laughs> and yes, I'm going to fuck with you. But 
I don't feel the need to be negative about the Pulp Show. When I do this wrap-up show, Steve told me, if you you have criticism, bring it out. And when I've had criticism, I have. But honestly, yeah. I don't have that much criticism of the show. I love this fucking show. That's why I listen. So if I, I'm not gonna, Dude, I'm not gonna make, so worked up. I'm not gonna make shit up to be an asshole. That's just not who I am. We've had people like that on our show before that like to be assholes. Uh, that's not who I am. Hey, but. how how big, how big are the veins popping out of his forehead? Dude, right? he's like, <laughs> like I swear he needs like a pulpit. You know what I mean? Like he's there beating on it and right. like, like it, it's awesome. Well, anyway, it's awesome. let me wrap this up because it's gone. I'm gonna wrap this up. So anyway, if you don't like me. I don't really give a shit um, that you're right. You don't have to like me. If you don't like the wrap-up show, that's your right. If you don't like the Moto X-Pod show and you feel like I say it constantly, that's twice tonight I've said it. Usually I say it once or twice. Anyway, you don't have to like it. There are people that do fucking like it. So keep your goddamn mouth shut. Let the people that like it like it. If you If it comes up on your feed, all you got to do is skip the goddamn thing. It's not that hard. Um, I told somebody on social media today, I subscribe to Joe Rogan's podcast, but I probably only listen to one out of 10. Maybe I'm not comparing I'm, I'm myself. I'm not comparing us to Rogan, first of all, so I don't need to get that hate fucking <laughs> message. But the point is, it's really, really, really easy to skip over an episode. <laughs> it's not that big of a deal. But again, there are people that do fucking like it. Yes. Why do you want to take it away from those people? Uh, but anyway, your opinions mean nothing to me. So go fuck yourself. That's it. I'm done. Are we, are we wrapping up the wrap-up show now? Jesus Christ. Yeah, I think that's all. That's about all I have as far as other than the last note I have in my notes was Steve asking Daniel Blair, have you ever thought about pushing RC down the stairs? I didn't hear that. I missed that part. <laughs> that was right at the end. Yes, that was good. I loved it. Uh, somebody post a meme or a picture on social media. I wish I could say who I could remember who it was. Of somebody pushing somebody down the stairs and they put Daniel's picture on the guy at the top and RC's picture on the guy at the bottom. Pretty funny stuff. Um, anyway, okay, so that is... That would be like a midget fight. That's basically all I have for this episode of the wrap-up show. Vaj, before we get to BTO, um, hot takes. Do you have anything else on this episode? Any thoughts? Anything you want to say? No, just no hate comms. Back down <laughs> on the hate comms, guys. That's impossible. Uh, let that pony fly. Leave them alone. Yeah, it's impossible for people. They're just, there's just assholes out there that have nothing better. I, I just don't fucking understand. <laughs> yeah, I don't understand up. what the need is He's to got get his on hands on his head. Yeah, like to squeezing. get on social media and be like, I'm gonna talk shit on this person. Oh, What's the fucking point? Okay, uh, here's a couple I'm going to call out. I thought I was done, but apparently I'm not. Warren MX on Twitter, whoever that douchebag is, not a real person, just likes to talk shit. Fuck you. (laughs) And there's there is a um, Wayne's K frame and and K frame Wayne on Instagram, and one of them's pretty cool. One of them's an asshole. I can't ever remember which one. The one that's an asshole. Fuck you too. Okay, now I'm done. Vod, sorry, I interrupted you. Anything else? <laughs> oh, no, we're good. There's just no hate com. As much as, okay. No hate com. Oh, 99.9% of the people who listen to the show have never spent a day hanging out with Darkseid. And just to see him, I've never seen him get this worked up in years and years of hanging out with him. Because I usually don't. Oh, but and, and most of the, look, this shit's been going on 
since I started doing the wrap up show, right? There have been the haters and, hold on, hold on. and I have, I have the Daniel Blairs and Cooksey and some of the writers that text me and go, man, you know, a Ray, like, don't worry about it. We all yeah. get the hate for every one hater. There's 10 people that love you. They're all, you know, I get all the time. The fucking people that hate are jealous, but yeah, every once in a while it gets under my skin. So hold on, hold on. I'm so, human. Let's ask our other guests here. Do you have people on your social media hating on you? Uh, just just my buddies, like <laughs> but I mean, like random tricky, people, tricky, right? Tricky. But random people, no, you no. don't. And the reason why is is because you're probably like me, and nobody knows who the f you are. The people are hating exactly. on Dark Side because he's a moto internet famous. I'm putting air quotes up here. People know who you are, and people are gonna hate yeah. on people. So. So it, yeah, it, Dark it, Side's doing things. Yeah. He's doing things yeah. and people don't like so it. So take it as a compliment, yeah. bro. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I started out a few years ago by calling in. I am a nerd for this show. You're I enjoy nerd. calling in. I'm a nerd in general. Um, and it started becoming a regular thing, so people didn't like that for whatever reason. <laughs> they don't, you know, but they can call in just as easily as I can. And then Steve, nine months ago, Hey. Hey, sent me a text and said, "Hey, would you? How would you feel about doing a rap show? You get more love than Dylan. Why would I say no? Yeah, and I like Dylan. Oh, I yeah. fucking like Dylan. <laughs> we got to wrap this. You're way right. over. Yeah, your we're hour. way over time. Okay, Vodge. Vodge, give me your BTO yeah. hot take. BTO. Okay, Fly Racing saved the wrap up show for 2020. Woo, man, I would love that. I, I was about to say the the my BTO hot take was that the the, the what's it called wrap up show doesn't make it, but after that, that's good. Th- that that rant saved it. That that's going to be my BTO hot take now. That's your okay. Well, <laughs> I I hope that the wrap up show keeps going for those that like it, Expect- and I hope even more that it keeps going for those that fucking don't. <laughs> so. All right, Vodge, dude, man, first of all, it was an absolute pleasure getting to meet you at Glen Helen. Um, I had a blast hanging out with you guys, and I really, really appreciate you taking some time after just getting off work to come do this for us. Yeah, man, no problem. Anytime, just just let me know, and I'll uh, I'll be available, especially for 2020 when you're still on the air. Hell, hell yeah. Thank hey, you very much. So yeah. real quick, Vodge, <laughs> if Kiefer ever does uh, like more out east, Central United States test. You're gonna you're gonna do that test. I want to. Yeah, when he was talking about the 450 shootout, he's never gonna do back there. <laughs> I was actually gonna take a week off of work. Yeah. To go to go do it. You know. And well, look like make sure you stay in some, some ruddy track. Make sure you stay in touch because I usually have connection at, at almost most of the best tax, tracks we have in the Northeast Texas area. Yeah. So. Well, he says he's still okay. doing the Greg Albertson thing. Greg says. Greg's it, moving. Oh yeah, Greg's. Well, I don't know. If wait, we may have to cut that. Yeah, well, it, it, that's fine. We'll 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 talk anyway. If it happens, hopefully it's still going to happen. But yeah, I'm I, I'm going to come up and at least hang out. Probably won't ride. I'm damn sure not. You know what? No, I'm not going to ride because I'm never riding somebody else's <laughs> yes, bike. I am never riding somebody else's bike ever again. At least we got to wait to the end. I of may the ride day. my bike sometime again, but I'm never riding. <laughs> All right, else's we got to wrap this up. All right. Guys, thank you so much. This episode went long. Stay tuned for another episode of Hello Pookie, except for the asshole who doesn't like Pookie. Fuck you. That's it. Guys, thanks. We're out. Or if you're a little bitch.
Hello, Pookie. What's up, Pookie? How you doing, bro? Doing good, doing good. So, since we named this show Hello, Pookie, this it's not the show, but this segment, Hello, Pookie, it's based off your love of Hello Kitty. Um, so, talk about that a little bit. When did you start liking Hello Kitty? You know, uh, you, what's your attraction to it? Talk about your little collection or your big collection. I don't know what you have, and let's talk about that. My collection is fair in size, but it's not growing anymore. I don't collect Hello Kitty anymore. Okay. Um, I, I do want some of those McDonald's things. I had a couple people that are, are saving some for me, which I really appreciate it. Hashtag Pook Nation. Um, <laughs> just Hello Kitty is just a little bit of a cult following, yep. um, especially with you know people who are a little bit older. Um, she just, I've always just been attracted to her, and you know, obviously she's very cute and the characters that surround her. But um, her little backstory is just kind of adorable. Um, you know, they say she doesn't have a mouth because she speaks all languages. And, you know, all you really need is, you know, the language of friendship and, um, you know, her whole story about standing three apples high. And she has her little twin sister. And I don't know, I just always thought everything was so cute. And I also work, you know, at Macy's. So I work in shopping malls a lot. And, um, you know, San Rio is one of the staple stores of any, um, you know, good shopping mall. So always, you know, saw San Rio and just would buy like Hello Kitty pens and pencils for my desk and keep a little Hello Kitty something. And then people would, you know, buy them, buy them for me or yeah. see them and think of me and, and get me things like that. So, um, yeah, that's how my collection started. And then Build-A-Bear started introducing limited edition Hello Kitties, which I kind of became obsessed with getting all of them. <laughs> so I have about eight or nine, you know, limited edition, limited edition Build-A-Bears up in my closet that I'll never part with, but I don't, um, you know, necessarily get stuff anymore right now, but okay. I treasure what I do have and I, you know, really love them. Yeah. So I was going to ask you, and you may have just said the answer, but like, what is your, do you have a favorite item in your collection? Um, it would probably be all the Build-A-Bears. Okay. Probably my first Build-A-Bear. Um, she's missing an eyeball because our <laughs> first dog, Buddy, Buddy, was obsessed with, um, you know, st- taking the squeakers out of stuffed animals. Oh, yeah. And so he thought it was a dog toy, and he chewed her almost half her face off before I saved her. So oh, wow. She's a, little rough, she's a little roughed up. And then I have one that was a limited edition from Summertime. My girlfriends from Omaha were here for a New Kids on the Block concert, and they made it for me, and they all recorded part of their voice you can put a little voice box inside oh yeah so they all recorded happy birthday from and they each said their name and then they put it inside the bear and so that one's one of my favorites too. that's pretty sweet yeah i like that yeah my so, girls yes yeah, so i remember seeing hello kitty for the first time like whenever i mean i wasn't obviously into it as a boy but at about 10 or 11 years old we moved to hawaii for a while and it was really i remember it being really popular and i want to say there was like a whole store at, at some time in one of the malls that was like dedicated to Hello Kitty, but I didn't really know any, I definitely didn't know any of the back story that you just talked about or any <laughs> of that stuff. But I, I always find that kind of stuff really interesting because being the star Wars dork that I am and having this huge collection, it's nice to know that other people is, are as nerdy as I can am maybe. Right. You get into your little things and then, yeah, you start to just pick up on them. Like we were talking earlier on text when we were trying to figure out our time and I yeah. told you I was meeting somebody about a bobblehead exchange. And yeah. <laughs> I wanted to ask you, like, I was going to ask you, you about that. About? So, uh, are you yeah. only into the Vegas Knights bobbleheads, or or does it matter if they're like Funko Pops or another brand, or is it is it just a certain? I'm not line? really getting. Yeah, I'm not really getting into the Funko Pops. Um, like, if somebody gave one to me, obviously I would keep it. I know there's a Marc Andre Fleury one, but I'm not going to go buy it. But you know, gotcha. hopefully somebody will give it to me. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, I try not to hoard too many things because I can, you know, kind of have hoarding tendencies a little bit. Yep. Um, with my Hello Kitties and my makeup collection and stuff like that. So I have to be careful, uh, which I, I do pretty good at. But, um, 
yeah, I don't want to get too much too uh, much going on. But for the bobbleheads, they had four of them that they gave out for these certain preseason home uh, games. Okay. And if you put them all together in a row, if you get all four of them, the background of the bobblehead spells out Vegas born. So oh, I only cool. had two because I only went to two games, and then I found out there was this ladies group on Facebook where they can swap posters and bobbleheads and my friend Susan's sister gave me the other day some patches from the special Nevada Day game, and I told her I was going to use them to swap for bobbleheads. And so I put some patches together, and this lady had two for me. And so I got the complete collection today. I haven't had a chance to pull them out of the box yet because I had to run home and talk to you. <laughs> and I, had a little, I had to help Stevie with something, but I'm really excited to get it. So check my Instagram for that. Yeah, I'll be looking out for that. That's cool. Yeah, I, I kind of got into the Funko Pops a little bit because my buddies were into them, and they have a lot of cool Star Wars ones. But now I just look at them and I'm like, God damn, they take up so much space and I don't know like what I'm ever going to actually do with them. Do with it's, them, right? It's fast. If it doesn't do anything, then it's kind of wonky. Yeah, and I just, I, I honestly have way too much stuff. Like you talked about, you know, the, the collection kind of gets overwhelming sometimes and, you know, but it, it doesn't even compare to Steve's Moto collection down in the studio. So, yeah, you you got a long way to go. I have a couple new things for the studio, actually. Oh, yeah? I, frame, I framed up one of the missing posters from the Bubba Stewart video. Okay. So that's going to be taking a place on the wall. And then I had, I'm trying to think of something else. I forget what else I had. It was something cool, but I'm going to take a picture of it for the studio in, or for the show Instagram. Oh, nice, nice. Yeah, I got something that I'm really excited about at Vegas this last year before I came in the studio with you guys. Um, the MCR team gave me, they had leftover graphics from the St. Jude's race that were still in the package and the and Justin Brayton signed his and Ben LeMay signed his and I'm going to frame those in some kind of shadow box or something that's that's something that I want to put in our studio here so yeah that's that's just cool but I'll I'll never have what Steve has it's it's unreal <laughs> yeah it's it's amazing I, lo- I I just love sitting down here I hardly come down here right because this isn't really part of our living space yeah but- yeah, I love sitting down here and looking at all the stuff. It's so cool. I want to get another flat um, flat person. What is it called? Cardboard cutout? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like flat pookie and yeah, flat fill? To... Oh, my God. I just saw Timmy, too, and I wanted to get Timmy. Uh... Oh, so you, how do you go about doing that? You just send a picture to a company? Yeah, they have them all over the place. You just Google it. You, say, you just have to just take a nice, good image of it. Yeah. So you have to kind of take the photo for that purpose, which is what I did with Phil. That's why his is so good. Mine's kind of wonky because it was taken at a weird angle. But, um, yeah, we've been trying to, me and Phil, over deciding who is going to join our flat family. That's interesting. That's... Either, yeah, Timmy or um, Timmy or Seth Rarick, we were thinking. Oh, okay. That would be a good, <laughs> that'd be a good poll on PulpMX, at PulpMX on Twitter, just to see what people think. Yeah, people who, who should be, uh, get to see down here. Because you can see us during the, the video show, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, yeah. and I think I saw recently, you, uh, you, you, you've told me before, sometimes you forget the cameras there. And on uh, one of the recent shows, you, you were dancing during commercials. And I was wondering when, if you rem- know, remember that you were on camera. I did remember, but Paul Parabinos gave me his song. Thank you, Paul. And I played the Dark Side song from Blink-182, and I love it so much. And I wanted to see everybody seeing me rock out. So there you go. Like, let me go listen to this song. I must be so sick. <laughs> <laughs> well, I did download the album after you uh, talking about it so much. Um, I, I don't love it, Pookie. I, Stop I, it. I, I like it, but it's... You I, don't like that kind of music, though. It's not heavy enough for me. Um, I like okay. the old Blink-182 stuff when there's a little more more guitar, but it's not bad. I, I like it. I really like the Dark Side song, um, but yeah, it's not not as heavy as what I'm into. It's a little poppy, but I, yes. I like it that way. Yeah. But I, I'm glad that you love it, and being having a passion for music is awesome. But let's wrap this one up. Uh, we went 
off topic a little bit, but as always, thank you for your time. No worries, bro. Talk to you next time. Okay. Why would you want to re-talk about the Pulp Show?